Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I'm your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my friends, Cameron and Bailey. And today we have a very special friend in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Marius. Yeah. And he, okay, he, nice. He, I don't <laughs> think he claims that we're his friends yet, so don't put that don't put that on him. Can Marius, I claim you, you to, as a friend? Yes, you, you don't can. have to have yes, any of that can. pressure okay. on you for now. You can. Uh, <laughs> we just all got to see that together. Okay, <laughs> so we'll, right. we'll see. We'll yeah, see. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's less than reassuring. Okay, Bailey, pray us in. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lord, we just thank you for today and for our brother here. Um, thank you. Just um, I don't know the um, friend that we've got to meet. Just. For me in the past couple of weeks um, and just see him and his family in our lives. Um, I pray that we would be able to learn today um, from him, from his life and um, not just us at this table, but the whole team, um, the rest of our extended family listening in. Um, I pray that we would learn from all the work that you're doing um, in hearts all around the world um, and that this would benefit us uh, wherever we're at and would benefit your kingdom and that we would, um, yeah, just catch the wisdom of God and the work of God yeah. in other people's lives um, and that that would empower us, encourage us, give us knowledge um, to know how to go about your work in our own. So, Lord, we love you. We dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, man. Mm-hmm. So, Marius, you are here yeah. at Cam's recommendation. Yeah. Again, uh, I have. Uh, I think I met you once, mm-hmm. but uh, we wanted to talk about uh, your story. That um, again, I haven't heard, but I, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to get into it. Um, since you know they don't really know you, besides that, you're my friend and your name. So, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to them? Okay. So, I'm Marius. I'm Norwegian. So that's what makes me so special here in this <laughs> podcast here in Norway. <laughs> Um, I am a father of two beautiful little girls. Uh, I have a wife. I live in a small town called Moss, which is like uh, an hour's drive away from Oslo. Um, I'm at this time. I'm a full-time student at the Trinity College of the Bible. Nice, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I think maybe that suffices as an in- introduction maybe <laughs> right on. that's Very like cool. the perfect yeah. norwegian introduction yeah, i love so. it so much yeah. yep and you're a christian i am so how did that happen well <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> because i knew you were going to ask me that and i've been thinking about it like how did it happen mm-hmm. and i think the uh, shortest and best answer is that i don't know so, mm. uh, can I go now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching this episode of Word for... Okay. Yeah. yeah, so no. how about you... Why don't you start us from, like, the beginning, maybe yeah. where... Um, how, did you grow up in the church? No, kind of your, not at all. Gotcha. Not at all. So, I can... We can just do this short spiritual journey of my life. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I did not grow up in a, in a Christian family. I'd say I didn't grow up in a, in a spiritual family at all. Uh, we did go to church like at Easter, you know, mm-hmm. Christmas sometimes, but most, sure. mostly not. And was that right. in the Church of Norway? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was the state church of Norway mm-hmm. until I think 2017. Now I it's think, not anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, so there came a time when I thought I was an athe- atheist. Mm-hmm. 
And I had to say that I was an atheist because I didn't want to have, you know, religion taught to me at school because at school we had to have, you know, Christianity and stuff and I didn't want it. Mm. So uh, I asked my teacher if I, if I could not have this anymore. Oh. And they said, that, yes, but then we had to, uh, because we are members of the Norwegian church, by default, you're like born into it. So we had, mm -hmm. to, <laughs> we had to be pulled out of the Norwegian church. Yeah. And you can do that if... If you have a pastor talk or a, a, a priest, actually, in, in the Norwegian Lutheran Church, you have mm -hmm. to have a priest talk to you. And so there was a priest that came to our house. I think I was like 10 or 11 years old or something. And he said, well, he asked me some questions. I said, you know, that there are so many gods. How do I know which one is the real god? And he said, mm -hmm. okay, it's obvious that, you, that you've thought this through. So, so that's it. See you later. Yeah. So was this something? This um, is something you, as a ten-year-old, initiated, or was yes, this most the, mostly? Gotcha. Okay. I think it's just you yeah. know the the general spiritual atmosphere you know in 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 my in my culture in, mm. in where I lived and everything around me. I mean, Christianity wasn't taken seriously. I didn't take it seriously. It didn't yeah. seem like it was a serious thing. Mm -hmm. So so why should I sit there and learn about it? You know, we yeah. didn't learn anything you know interesting. I felt so. So then I became an atheist. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point later, like, I don't know when, when I was 14, 15, perhaps, I just sat there some, some day, uh, one day at school and I was thinking about things not related to school. And somehow, suddenly it occurred to me that the universe and everything in it isn't self-explanatory. So, mm. okay, so I said, okay, there has to be a God Like 14-year-olds do. Yeah. yeah, it's like right. most 14-year-olds. Like, someone's <laughs> trying to teach you something and yeah. you're like, ah, but... Can the yeah. universe explain itself? Right. Can, is there just yeah. a never-ending strain of contingent things? Is it just turtles all the way down? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Mm. So it sounds like 14-year-old 14, 14 you and me mm. would be friends. But. Yeah, <laughs> possibly, yeah. I came to turtle number 14 and then I just, just realized that this it can't is just be not more going turtles. anywhere. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, so. That's what they tell you on your 14th birthday. Right. <laughs> yeah. so no more turtles. No more yeah. turtles. There That's has right. to be a first turtle. That's right. Exactly. So, um, a prime turtle. A, a, necess <laughs> a necessary turtle. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, obviously. So, um, uh, and then I got into some sort of spirituality. I started reading books by, because being or thinking that there is a God doesn't lead you to Christianity, as, mm -hmm. they, sure. as Jacob says. James, I'm sorry, in the, yeah. in the American Bible. No, that's okay. Uh, James, I, I love it. You probably say it too. Mm -hmm. uh, even the demons believe. And, right. Mm -hmm. And they are terrified, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't like it. So I started reading about um, spiritual stuff, you know, like esoteric stuff. And I, mm. at some point, I became convinced that um, reincarnation is a thing and it's true. And mm. so, uh, so I just believed that for for the longest time. Mm. Uh, then, uh, but I didn't, this is not something I was thinking about, you know, it's, it's not like I was into all this. I was just thinking that that's true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that I had figured out some great mystery, you know, of mm -hmm. the universe and, and stuff. But you weren't like a dogmatic reincarnationist. Well, I did believe it was true. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't evangelizing. That's you know, what I on, meant. On Even, of, an know, evangelical, no. right? No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and then I started reading some other books. This is like very condensed, right? Because this took years. Mm -hmm. Sure, of course. So I, I, I read one book by Michael Behe, whom you you might yeah. know. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Darwin's Black Box, mm -hmm. right? And I, I uh, read. Um, uh, 
this cold case, no, not cold case Christianity, uh, the ca a case for Christ by uh, Strobo. Yes, mm. yeah. But it didn't leave. I, th I thought it was really nice and I can remember that I was like spiritually elated for mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. But it, it left me with this, you know, I, I didn't destroy my worldview. I still thought that reincarnation is true. And if mm -hmm. you believe that reincarnation is, cru is true, then you don't need Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you can just fix it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can just try yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. again, you do yeah. better and better and better until yeah. you stop existing. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. didn't, you don't, I, I, that was not my kind of reincarnation. <laughs> that, you just go higher. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So you become, you know, what should I say? Better, a better being. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ascend, ascendant masters and stuff like that. Oh, wow. You I, that, that, was, that, wasn't wow. My, that wasn't my, you know, voc vocabulary, but okay. I recognize it now in yeah. other people's vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Sure. So mm -hmm. it becomes some, you gain this Christ consciousness and, and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That stuff's scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It's demonic. It's demonic. Yeah. I think, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We're going to have to talk about that sometime, you and me. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, not to mm. take us too far afield, but I think mm. there's, I think there's real ontology underneath all that stuff. I think it really, yes. it really is demonic. Yes. And yeah. I don't mm. think that all the people who Just, talk about ascended masters and Christ consciousness, I don't think they're all crazy. I think they're mm. they're playing in a spiritual world that they mm. do not belong yeah. in. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I'm just happy that I didn't delve too deep into, yeah. into this because I, I think it might have hurt me really, really yeah. bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't actually. But I, I continued reading and I was, I was reading this, you know, this uh, intelligent design stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't... And I read these books, like I told you, from by Strobel, you know, and and some other Christian books. I don't know which. Yeah. And how old were you? Then I was like an adult. Okay. You yeah. know, yes. Um, but the, the problem is that, like I said, these Christian books they didn't take away, or they they didn't shake my worldview, my most basic worldview. Mm -hmm. So so, um, but the intelligent design stuff, it it did sort of. Yeah, because it made me realize that you know underneath all this, you know, the, the things we see in nature, there is a there is a deep order and mm -hmm. wisdom. Right, and it was hard for me to to square you know this order and wisdom with um, some sort of spiritual you know energy just floating around and just mm. emerging out of yeah. subconscious yeah. or unconscious stuff mm -hmm. yeah. impersonal spiritual yes energy. it doesn't yeah. jive you know with yeah it, it's just too orderly too deep and too too wise you know it, it didn't fit with my worldview yeah so i was almost 14 14 not 14 14 now. 40 yeah yeah 40 <laughs> yeah you're good 40. Well, yeah. so uh so i was getting old you know mm. and um for some reason, I started reading the Bible because this person that I admired, Rudolf Steiner, who is the father of anthroposophy, which is, you know, comes from theosophy. Mm. He was saying stuff about Jesus and yeah. uh, it, it didn't sound very good. It's like mm. Jesus is the reincarnation of, you know, it, oh, it didn't, it didn't yeah. sound very good. So yeah, I didn't know much about the Bible, but I did know something and I started reading the Bible. So I think like inadvertently he pointed me toward Christ because mm. I think finally mm -hmm. it was the Bible that sort of, because when I read the Bible, I found sort of the same thing that I found found in the books of Michael Behe and these other intelligent design people. Right. Hugh Ross, for instance, yes. as well. there you go. <clears throat> and uh, because in the Bible, there is, it's orderly. It's complex, mm. it's deep, 
at the same time on the on the uh, surface level it's like you can you can understand it but there is there's something it's an orderliness you know through the millennia you know mm. during which it was composed that just ties everything together in a in a mm. deep and meaningful way and i could see this orderliness somehow it was growing on me mm. and then because i wanted to know which is the true christ you know is it steiner's christ you know the sun god thing or whatever mm. it was mm-hmm. or you know the biblical christ yeah and so i started praying you know that if because i thought that if i pray to christ he will t- he will tell me mm-hmm. mm. and uh, you know eventually he did <laughs> so <laughs> wow so uh, he just he convinced me i was con- i was convicted and convinced of the truth of christianity during not immediately but after mm-hmm. you know a uh, period of praying about it and walking in the woods and thinking deep thoughts you know and stuff yeah. <laughs> and then then uh, suddenly it just came over me and it actually physically brought me to my knees when i realized mm-hmm. that he had done for me yeah. what i could never do for myself wow that was mm. that was powerful mm. and i've been a, a christian since and i can say that this was in november i think 2016 mm. 2016 so it's about 6 years almost ago six almost years. yeah yeah very cool especially as of recording this yeah mm. so that's really that's very very interesting mm. um yeah i don't see as I mean, maybe it's because i don't hang out in those circles so much so i recognize it might just be sort of a self-selection bias but mm. it's uh, in my life i don't run into very many people who that's the route that they take mm. so start with esotericism get into anthroposophy theosophy mm. that man that's mm. oh man what that is theosophy that, can we just explain it real quick okay, for yeah, the I, people listening who doesn't <laughs> well would, I'll, I'll let you and it's not i, I couldn't give a quick explanation mm. but it's yeah but I wasn't a theosophist as yeah, such. Yeah. I was I, sure. I was into anthroposophy, and I, yeah. I, the way I understand it is that uh, Rudolf Steiner yeah. was more or less pushed out of this organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, the details details about mm-hmm. this because I was always into Steiner. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't study theosophy at all. Good, that's probably um, for the best. No, I don't okay. know. I think he's just worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so and but he he has this worldview that. Um, the universe itself reincarnates mm-hmm. and then it just evolves into higher and higher spiritual states and it and everything that is in the universe is part of this evolution so you could say that in a few um cy- a few cycles ago yeah. we would have been like minerals or rocks or something mm-hmm. right and then we became we we grew in the next uh, iteration of the universe and we gained this animal spirit thing yeah, and then um, we grew again, and now we are like humans, and, and it's very confusing, and it's mm. it's very inconsistent. Yeah, actually, well, that's yes. that's his perspective. Mm. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. he, well, uh, he doesn't mind that it's inconsistent. I, I think, and yeah. always, if if he's criticized, he writes this in every book. I've read a m- many of his books, and I've thrown them all away. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it because I think it's really demonic. It's so it's yeah. so bad. Well, sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, so. Um, uh, he always says that okay, and if somebody doesn't understand it, it's, it's basically because he's in spiritual darkness. He can't understand it. Mm. So I'm I'm right and he's wrong. Yeah. It's because he's an idiot and I'm, and I'm right. Really How smart. convenient! Yeah, isn't <laughs> that yeah. so really convenient? convenient? And yeah. it's self-proving, right? It's, yeah, right. A, it's yeah. a self-licking ice cream cone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it proves itself. Yeah. Right. So to the extent that other people don't agree or they have arguments, mm. 
You don't even have to consider them. The fact that the harder you disagree, or the more convinced you are that this is inconsistent or mm. disagreeable or there's something wrong with it is mm. proof of my position. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. more virtuous, it, like mm. yeah. within that worldview. So the right. more, the harder I believe the nonsense, mm-hmm. right? Sorry. Well, I mean, mm. we've already, you yeah, know, we called it demonic. Yeah. That yeah. It's yeah. Nonsense, yeah. So the, mo- the harder mm. I believe the nonsense, the more virtuous I am according to my own system. Yeah. So mm. it's a self licking, self sprinkling, self coning <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream cone. There are some schools of Buddhism that are the same way, right? So mm-hmm. they ask them, they, they spend time sort of pondering nonsense questions right. mm-hmm. and trying to release themselves from this expectation that they should be, that there's sense or logic or meaning or, or any of that. Mm-hmm. And so to the extent that they are able to become irrational, I don't mean, I guess irrational is the right word, but non-rational, mm. right? So you say, actually, that's a contradiction. You can't believe both of those things at the right. same time mm. in the same mm. sense. They go, well, yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Have, we have the self-imposed fiction, yeah. which is that there's logic and reason and any mm. of this stuff undergirds any of, any mm. of um, existence or creation. So yeah. to the extent that you can get rid of that, you're sort of throwing off the trappings and becoming more mm. enlightened. And mm. you, that's where you get some of the, like, what's the sound of, a, of one hand clapping, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you spend time pondering that until you mm. realize that meaninglessness is the mm. meaning. Mm. Right. And then the highest form of existence mm. is non-existence. Mm. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's just, what a, I mean, Satan just has mm-hmm. endless very clever mm. lies yeah. to just talk to, to any person, right? Mm. So if they're people who are, call them hardcore rationalists, he's mm. got a lie for them. You'll be, mm. you can't believe in God. That makes you a stupid backwards bronze age person. Mm. I saw some people just the other day, um, it was some stupid meme that some group published. And the point was the point of the meme. I can't, can't remember the words, but the point of it was Jesus was a work of fiction. And I went to the comment section. I should not have gone to the comment yeah, section. What? I went to the comment <laughs> section, and there were a couple of hundred comments yeah. that were very self-congratulatory. Mm-hmm. And it was something like uh, the, the consistent theme was that there is no evidence whatsoever that Jesus ever existed. Mm-hmm. And we're the smartest people in the world, and everyone else is fooled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what a, uh, like a, what a, what a perfect lie. Because that, cause that's just false. It I is. Mean, yeah. that there's, so, uh, so the fact of Jesus' existence is more established. Than, I mean, the fact of Jesus' resurrection is more established than, say, the uh, murder of Julius Caesar. <laughs> so that's true. We have more and better evidence about Jesus being alive after being dead than we do about the assassination of, uh, of Caesar. Yeah. Um, but, but the idea that Jesus never lived and he was a myth yeah. and which is actually the, uh, the theosophical thought is wrapped up in that, that mm. Jesus is either that he's a myth or that he's, um, uh, he's sort of a reimagination of some of these ascended masters, mm. et cetera. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're the smartest guys in the room. You know how smart yeah. we are. Imagine these people who believe that there is, uh, there's, any that those are the words. There's no evidence whatsoever that Jesus ever existed. I'm like, man, and what and what they have is not that there's not that that's true at all, right? That's mm. that's completely nonsensical. There's not. It's that's just nonsense. Yeah, it's obvious. I mean, it's bad. I think it's, I, it's, it's worse than flat Earth. Like it's as bad as it gets. That's what I was about to say. I mm. think you're being too generous, mm. but I think it's, as, it's yeah. as bad as it gets. Yeah, but what's it's the, nonsense. The thing that tempts them in is they get to feel like they're part of the smart group. Maybe. I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't, um, shouldn't speculate too much on their motives, but it was what that view has going for it is not the balance of the evidence. Mm. What that right. view has going for it is mm-hmm. social rewards. Right. And, um, and a certain belonging to the right team, right. The team mm. that says the things about you that you want 
to be said about you. Yeah. And yeah. Satan has one of those for every person and every sort of social desire that we have. There's like this perfectly tailored lie mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. that you can snuggle up in like a warm blanket yeah. and reject mm-hmm. the world while feeling more and more secure in uh, secure in your own sinful satanic demonic truth position yeah. whatever there's a book i'm reading right now that's so relevant to everything you just talked about there's a book i'm reading called it's called the rise and triumph of the modern self mm-hmm. by a guy named carl truman so he yes. uh he wrote this book uh, last year um i'm like a third of the way through it it's really really good so he's trying mm. to break down like how did we get to where we are today, where people mm. need, where we have cancel culture, wokeness, uh, these these issues on mm. sexuality and gender, and mm. you know how do, how do we get to where we are today? Yeah. And one of the things he talks about is the uh, this isn't a term he uses, but I call it like the currency of affirmation. Yeah. That affirmation is the new currency. So if I identify a certain way, it could mm-hmm. be anything. It could be like, if I believe Jesus wasn't real and right. that's what I believe. And that's mm-hmm. like, well, I figured it out and that's my truth. And yeah. you know, you may have your truth, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the principle is that affirmation is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not even like we can have an honest disagreement about, mm-hmm. you know, your opinion about something and mm. we can disagree and still be friends. It's mm. like, no, you hate me mm. and are persecuting me. If you mm. don't affirm mm. how I identify, yeah. that's an attack on my right to exist yeah. is, you know, what we've heard is like, you're questioning my right to exist yeah. and um, denying my right to exist. Mm. Yeah. Denying your like, right I'm to not, exist. I'm not sure that thing you're saying is true. Exactly. <laughs> you're denying my right to exist. Right. Yeah. And so what that that's mm. tied into like when people believe like nonsense things. Mm-hmm. So when people mm. like want to get together in their own like flat earth club, yeah. right? That's not a it's just not. You don't yeah. you guys don't think the earth is flat. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> what it is is people getting together affirming each other and they silo mm. up and they're like yeah. this is my community right. mm. and we are teaming up against the oppressors. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's one of the things now I'm going to I'm going to put on my old man hat. Please. So uh, actually, let me, I'll put on my, I'm not an old man hat first. Yeah. And then I'll put on my, old hat. but so I think there are um, significant benefits to various forms of social media. I think that it has enabled uh, some very, very good things that have never been possible before. And it's amazing, but that doesn't come without its, uh, without its disadvantages and its detriments. And one of those is that it seems to really inflame this need that people have to belong to a group. Um, and so you watch like fights and debates online and you see how often they just don't make sense. And it's actually, I think it's the same phenomenon as why people are, uh, are so sort of politically uproarious. Hmm. And, and so what we do is we prove our allegiance mm-hmm. to the group. So, right, so people arguing like more and more sternly, like with more and more offensive language and more and more certain language that Jesus never existed. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus might have been. So you see in this comments thread, right? Jesus probably didn't even exist. The next one goes, imagine that idiot who thinks Jesus probably didn't exist. (laughs) And then you get, you know, it's a, it's, it takes a couple generations and you get to the guy going, Oh yeah. Well, there's not a single shred of any evidence whatsoever that Jesus existed. Yeah. And all that is, uh, 
I'm going to say that. If I'm yeah. wrong, some, I would say that. Can correct. Say it. All that. Okay. He doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. All no, I think it is, is Jacob online. No. <laughs> all that is, it's, it's social posturing. It is. What That's we're saying is. is, I'm one of the group the hardest. Right, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. nothing to do with the evidence right. or truth. Or substance. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, no, no, no. This, this, for some reason, this is the, the tribe that I want to be a respected, a well-respected mm-hmm. member of. Yeah. And so, and what what's really interesting is the uh, the dumber the thing you say, the more faith you're showing, or the more um, the the greater degree of allegiance you're showing to that group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one person who says something, saying something like, "Well, Jesus, I don't think he was God, but he probably existed." That's completely unreasonable, right? Of course mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, of course Jesus <laughs> existed. That's beyond mm-hmm. contestation. Right. So even mm-hmm. that is unreasonable. But even that as the most reasonable position, and you you uh, you know you get a few yards down that down that path and it's there's no evidence whatsoever for the existence mm. of jesus like that's all, all that of course is nonsense it's, it's obviously false but whoever can say the dumbest thing gets gets sort of the highest social reward yeah. and i think social media it does a couple of things one is it makes it really easy to do that like i don't have to call marius up and go you know what marius and we have a private conversation about how certain i am that jesus didn't exist because yeah. that doesn't that earns me points with nobody except maybe Mario. I know it doesn't in mm. real life, but mm. if we're in the right. Jesus doesn't exist club, yeah. like we can talk to each other only so much and that doesn't get us any status in the group. Mm. Now we can do it in a semi-public way. Mm. And it also reduces like people having actual arguments and conflict with one another. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in real life, it notice how much, um, more polite people are to each other in real life because yeah. they're worried about taking a punch to the teeth than, mm-hmm. than they are online yeah. where you can mm-hmm. have big strong muscles behind your your right. keyboard armor and never never worry that there's going to be I mean people don't like physical confrontation but we really don't like actual conflict mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so people who can appear to be very very brave um you know, from from behind their screen where nobody nobody can see them or interact with them. It's like you you wouldn't do that in regular polite society. And so it sort of like it galvanizes this really bad instinct we have, mm. which is to be a part mm-hmm. of which is that tribalist. Let's say groupthink. I don't mean groupthink, mm. but that tribalist like um, true believer thing. Yeah. <clears throat> the thing is, I think that uh, one of the big issues is that we we make believe we we pretend that we are not in a honor and shame society anymore mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i like that and so since we we pretend that we are not a part of such a society we don't know how to work with with honor and shame mm. because the, the thing is all of this i think comes back to the fact that what society honors that thing it also promotes like mm-hmm. we will see more of the things that society honors yeah and what is shameful, that's the sort of thing that we'll see less of. Mm. So uh, I think many of the things that we've been talking about here now are, you know, things that come back to uh, the honor-shame thing. Uh, and if, if, um, if we don't know how to handle these issues, if we pretend that we are not actually doing the honor-shame thing, mm-hmm. then we aren't able to maneuver, you know, we aren't able mm-hmm. to recognize what's going on. We aren't able to recognize that you are actually honoring or shaming me right now mm-hmm. yeah. and that I'm part of this group and, and all all of these dynamics that we don't want to have in our society because yeah. we are so enlightened. <laughs> like we want to, to yeah. put them to the side. And so I think uh, there was this, there's this girl, uh, she is a former astro- uh, astronomer mm-hmm. and she was talking about how uh, in her testimony, how she... Um, 
could tell her friends that she was actually a reincarnation of um, some uh, of an alien being from a different mm. planet, and mm-hmm. people would affirm her and say, "Oh, that's great." Mm-hmm. And now she's a Christian, and they tell her that she's that she's crazy. Yeah, wow. So, <clears throat> I, the, the problem isn't. I think the problem isn't intellectual because you know reason. We're talking about what's reasonable and what's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Reason, I think, is very often the thing that we backfill our convictions with. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> so, and our conviction, our innermost being, you know, the heart, is the thing we use it's the thing we see with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no it's not it's not so much our eyes we are not evaluating the, the evidence so much that mm-hmm. we are sort of seeking affirma- affirmation yeah. for the things that we already believe and mm-hmm. i think you may not be entirely correct when you say that people don't believe these things mm-hmm. i think they mm-hmm. do because it, it it's all wrapped up in their worldview mm-hmm. in their system of thought mm-hmm. and i think really you can believe that the earth is flat you can you can convince yourself and you you can, but I think it's highly unreasonable not to believe in God. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. it's almost insane. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Because, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because you have to you have to think that something here is self-explanatory. That there is no no ultimate cause yeah. of mm. all the things you know around us. You have to you have to think that the universe just popped into existence. At best, that there is some sort of a unconscious thing at the bottom yeah. mm-hmm. that created all this order but has no idea that it did so from which emanates you know so, certain ideas and stuff but it's unconscious right it has no consciousness right so it's it's like i have to, or if i am you know if i'm solipsistic i think that i'm the only thing in existence i have to think that i am self-explanatory mm-hmm. I mean, it's nonsense yeah mm-hmm. so i think not mm-hmm. believing in, in god is almost insane yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just that we are in this yeah. you know cultural bubble that that people mm-hmm. think that you know the rational thing the rational thing is using only our eyes and stuff mm-hmm. and seeing you know the nature around us and we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about that when i was yeah. uh, when you and i visited last mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so I am an extreme lover of scientists. My mm. wife is a was a science teacher, at least was mm. before he came to know. I mean, still is in her heart and spirit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, awesome. so which is, usually this is what people say before they start talking about how science is stupid. I don't think science <laughs> is stupid. I think it's wonderful. But I think that so many of um, a brilliant scientist just haven't done enough philosophy mm. yeah. to answer questions mm. like, how do we know that science is a good way at getting how good, mm. getting at how the universe actually works. I mean, right. we take for granted that it is, mm. and we. But that's an ongoing and interesting and sort mm. of fiercely debated question in the mm. philosophy of science. Mm. At bottom is this question about how can we tell what's science and what isn't, and they're not even like close to an answer on that. <laughs> and most scientists don't know this. <laughs> but also, how do we know that science is what gets us at reality, and how do you know it counts? I mean, I remember. I was talking with a philosopher when I was studying, and uh, we were just talking about like what counts in an experiment. Because when you read on page two of every science textbook, here's the scientific method. And it tells you what the first thing we do is observe some stuff and gather some data. Mm. Well, observe what stuff mm-hmm. and gather what what data? Think of all mm. the things that get left out. So it mm. could be, well, I ran such, you know, thus and such experiment, and here's what mm. happened. Like, okay, we left out of there what color your undies were. Were you wearing the same, the same pair of undies each of those days? What does that have to do with anything? Sure. I'm like, yeah. how do you know? Right? <laughs> how do you know? And yeah. of course, we take for granted that it doesn't. Right. But when we, when we don't face our assumptions, when we don't mm. realize, no, we're assuming that mm. the color of my undies has no bearing on this chemical experiment that I'm doing. Mm. Um, I think that's a fine and rational and reasonable ex- uh, assumption. But we don't realize that we're making assumptions. We, we're sort of starting halfway down the line, mm. and we think we're starting at the beginning. And all of this halfway down the line stuff mm. is really important. Mm. So we can find ourselves another maybe 
uh, related phenomenon, uh, Marius, is something like what you're talking about. We can find ourselves sort of sitting in our bubble mm-hmm. that says that that doesn't even question or consider the there there ought to be some ultimate explanation for mm-hmm. existence, mm-hmm. even if that explanation is it came it came from nothing, which of course is is uh, false. Mm-hmm. But it, but uh, we don't even stand there. We just nope. The rational and reasonable thing to believe is whatever, or not even that. I think probably mm-hmm. it's. Just old-fashioned Bronze Age people believe in this God stuff. We've moved past that. Mm-hmm. And is that? I don't want to sound like I'm like I'm leading you because I don't mean to. But maybe in your own words, could you describe sort of the religious conviction or spiritual conviction of uh, Ulla Nordman? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It, it seems to me that the. the Mostly Norwegians are in a state of, you know, first of all, biblical illiteracy. It would be really interesting to go out and go out into the streets someday and just ask them, you know, what do you know about the Bible? I think it would be very little for most most people. And I think they are sort of living in this like, um, uh, like in a, what do you call it? A cognitive like dissonance. dissonance, Yes. There's a state of just believing contradictory things, but never Mm. facing up to their assumptions and Mm. their conclusions and stuff. So they are like, they're passive. I think they are spiritually very passive. Mm. Sometimes I even think that we are in a, we are in a state now that God has basically just giving us, given us over to Mm. our passions, you know, that Mm. we are just, we are so hardened that we aren't even willing to ask questions. We are willing to listen to you like this, girl talked about that we're willing to listen to stuff about stones and energies and angels and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but we aren't willing to ask okay so given all this let's say that stones do have some healing energy why not you know maybe some stones do have some you know particular you know resonance with the universe and so on but it didn't come from nowhere anyway right right. you need to go behind past the stones you Mm -hmm. know you have to go past the angels the angels didn't didn't create the universe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so even given all this you you need to get past it and they i think they don't if if you try to move past this they will just cut you off because this is you know i'm busy you know i have to Mm -hmm. tend to my garden or go to work or why do you even bother me with this? Yeah, and isn't that interesting? Like, who has time to think about those kinds of unimportant things? Mm, You're yeah. like, no, but what's the ground of reality? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. who cares? It's yeah. of infinite importance. Yeah. It's not yeah. unimportant. I mean, I think mm. we talked, well, so we talked about um, when we had an episode on science, like some of those big questions that science mm. can answer, which is kind mm. of what we mentioned. But mm. when people go about their day-to-day lives and don't think about like, okay, how, where did we come from? Why am I here? Right. Or like, I believe like, I'll just use that example. I believe these stones give me healing. Why? Where Mm -hmm. did that come from? You know what I mean? And those aren't unimportant questions. And the reason we gave as to why they're not unimportant is because the answer to those questions Mm -hmm. changes how you water your garden or, Mm -hmm. you know, go live your life. And like, why am I wasting my time pushing a rock up the hill or whistling Mm. while I work. Why whistle Mm. while I work? I'm just going to keep working. If life Mm. is suffering and Mm. just monotonous and just, Uh, yeah, if life is suffering, what's the point of it all? Yeah. I think mm. that's where we need to read more of the existentialists. So I think mm. they, yeah. like the existentialists, they get the they get that thing right. With like, mm. okay, it's all absurd. So yeah. mm. existence is suffering and absurdity. And now what? Yeah, <laughs> if I know tomorrow is going to be absurd, and I know that I'm going to suffer more tomorrow. Then how? Mm. Then how do I live? And yeah. uh, and so far, the best answer is just 
let's pretend like you it has a meaning. You can kill just, yourself yeah, or right. you can pretend. We can kill ourselves yeah. or we can you act can, like life has yeah. a meaning. Decide yeah. not to live any longer because, you yeah. know, you're going to, so why would I, I wouldn't subject somebody else to suffering tomorrow, right? Mm. So yeah. why would I subject myself, my, myself mm. to suffering tomorrow? Or we can do kind of yeah. like Camus says, right? In the, mm. the myth of Sisyphus, we push the rock up the hill and we, like you said, Jacob, we whistle while we mm. work yeah. mm. and we make it the most fun, stupid job we ever, we ever could. It's like, um, Tom Sawyer. Remember this uh, Tom Sawyer whitewashing his fence. He didn't want to yeah. do the job on his own. And so he's painting his fence white and he pretends it's the most fun he's ever had to convince. So that persuades his friends and inspires them to come have fun with him. <laughs> and he gets them to paint his fence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And mm. so do we want to live life like that where mm. we think, Think that this is the funnest thing, and and really, what we're doing is yeah, living in absurdity and uh, and sort of the absurdity of existence, and and what uh, Sartre called he said that hell is other people. Right? We live in mm-hmm. the hell of the existence <laughs> of other people, which is mm. I mean, yeah. read it; it's deep. I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but mm. this, we talk, hell is other people because the existence of other people in our relationship is what creates our reality. But even that isn't ultimately mm-hmm. self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves, you know, with healing stones mm. again mm. halfway mm. down the road it's like okay mm. well what's underneath the like you mm. said money it's the stones or the angels or the mm. life force or the or the ascended master or the whatever it is mm. Mm. and it's interesting to me that um like maybe it's not that interesting <laughs> it's, curi- it's curious to me <laughs> interesting might not be the word yeah. but it's curious that that um people would be uninterested in, in that question mm. it's like yeah. the stones heal. well why what do you mean well, why mm. what do you mean why well that's not mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's foreign to me. In my head. but there mm. there needs to be a, a, uh, there needs to be a ground mm. that reality that existence mm. stands upon. Mm. And I think my use your point is something like like yeah, and it has to be self explanatory, and so it has mm. to have certain certain properties and characteristics. Mm. Other, like the like you said, the angels didn't create the universe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Something with certain properties. Uh, and we could enumerate them, but some of these certain mm. properties is the kind, they're not the kind of thing that could make universes. Mm. Right. So what is it? Well, the <clears throat> resonant, you know, the, the synchronized resonance between the, these crystals and the mm. universe. Mm. What does that mean? And where did the universe come mm. from? Like we mm-hmm. need, we need to kick this back mm. a few more steps and get to, mm. get to the, um, the, get, we'll get to the floor, get to the ground. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. A plus. I feel like yeah, we can be friends, <laughs> I think, after all. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I, I don't want yeah. to say, don't want to say to that. I think yeah. th- that's basically just, you know, how to, the question is how to wake people up to this. Yeah. Right. So, um, if we want to be practical, is you know, how do you shake people out of, out of this, um, sleepwalking state that they are in mm-hmm. because this and I think also this is basically you know the thorns and the thistles you know the, mm-hmm. the parable mm-hmm. of the soul because we are so busy that we don't have time to to consider these you know ultimate questions mm-hmm. but ultimate questions you know it's in it's in the phrase like ultimate it, they are they are quite important yeah because it's, it's got to do with you know the conclusions to ultimate questions will be very significant mm-hmm. right and we we need people to consider those you know questions yeah and also we need people to consider that maybe you know the answer to that question isn't the answer that you would want to hear Mm. i think this is also you know a big obstacle that people want to Mm. hear answers to that they they want answers to to their questions 
but the answer should affirm them in some yes. sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it goes back to that yeah. currency of affirmation. Me, yes. me and the boys, we were talking about this just just recently, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I won't waste time on the the what got us this question, but it was that it was somebody demanding um, that you affirm all of my beliefs and ideas, otherwise mm-hmm. I don't want you in my life. Mm-hmm. And my my response is something like. I think we're wise to have people in our lives who will challenge us mm. or even correct us on mm. things that are really important. So, like, like there are things that we believe and we, we, uh, importantly, like foundational mm. things that we believe that we're probably wrong about. Mm. And who do you have in your life who you trust to either just correct you, Bailey? Mm. You're wrong, you're wrong about that, and you're you're um, mm. you're participating in folly by continuing in the mm. t- continuing in this belief or to at least challenge you and for you to take the challenge seriously mm. and uh, personally that's something I've been very <clears throat> blessed with so in just in the time of, like of my schooling I got to study with the smartest and most godly people who like, have ever <clears throat> who have ever been they're amazing mm-hmm. and there are dudes you guys have heard me talk about them a lot uh, dudes and dudettes who I'm like <laughs> I don't see it his or her way but that's really frightening because the likelihood mm-hmm. that he or she is wrong and I am right is right. like vanishingly small. Mm-hmm. And I think we're mm-hmm. good to have those kinds of people in our lives, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's not what that's not what our culture wants. Mm-hmm. What our culture wants is it, uh, that it's it's immoral yeah. not to agree with my version of my story, which is again like mm-hmm. it, what's great. Uh, great, I mean, great in a really tragic way is mm-hmm. each of Satan's lies mm-hmm. ends with you are God and you get to define existence yeah. in the universe, yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't matter if it's if it's esotericism and it doesn't mm. matter if it's false religion and it doesn't matter if it's um various activisms that put my what they always do is put me in the center of the universe which is what mm. satan did in the first place mm. it's always the first sin or like there's a reason why that's on the bottom it's always the first sin is that i am god and god is not mm. Mm. <clears throat> yeah i'm really um like glad you took it down the road you did i forget the exact word you said which i wish i did because they were like you stole the words out of my mouth, okay. basically. Um, but, oh gosh, I have so many thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think, so like this whole thing we've been circling around, like um, the two thing or the two ways I would put it is like we, not just our culture, but like we and Satan um, are endlessly trying to either distract our hearts or satisfy our hearts. Mm. Mm. Um, and that's like what you're talking about, like everyone's sleepwalking around mm. who's not um, awakened by the truth and um, new life that Christ offers. Like mm. we're sleepwalking and we're just avoiding the ultimate mm. questions mm. Um, that you can't find any other answer besides Christ. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously you guys have done your homework <laughs> and have looked at all the other answers mm. and he's the only guy that works out through and yeah. through. Um, but it's, uh, I don't, like hearing your story in particular mm. is so interesting. Um, cause I like, so when I talk about my story, I say that I was a terrible atheist, mm. um, because I was, um, mm. but also because like now I actually know enough about atheism mm. to know that, like you said, I would have to be insane to be an mm. actual atheist. Mm. And the only like good atheists are the guys who are willing to say, um, there is no God and all my morals can go and all of those things. And of mm. course they can't live a life that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like whenever we talk about that, Cam loves to draw mm. out how you mm-hmm. can't possibly live a mm. life as if God isn't real. Now someone mm. cuts in front of you at McDonald's yeah. and all of a sudden morality is not subjective anymore. Like mm. there's a rule somebody just broke. Yeah. 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 But if you're a good atheist, then you'll at least say mm-hmm. um, that that's how you live, even though you don't actually go and do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's so 
interesting to hear, like you born in a Norwegian context mm. and how um, just being born in Norway, mm. Christian is tied to your name. Like you're automatically mm. brought up in this Christian culture. Mm. And in order to stop learning about Christianity in school, you have to... Um, get your name off the list of the mm. state church. You have to mm. visit clergy. Mm. Yeah. Like clergy has to come to your home. Yeah. Yeah. And time. I don't know how yeah. it is now. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, what we were learning at school was not um, good stuff. Mm. It was not mm. deep Christianity. We yeah. didn't learn, yeah. you know, the, right. you know, the, we did, at least we did, we did not learn any apologetics. We did not learn why this is true. Mm. Sure. Yeah, of course. Mm. So, and, and this is, I think this is a big problem in Norway, probably in the United States as well, that mm. we have this separate category of truth for theological and philosophical truths, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. subjective personal truths. Right. And so yeah. uh, this is why you can't impose your truth on me because, mm. you know, it's it's your truth. You know, this is this has been talked about, you know, mm-hmm. forever yeah. now. Uh, but I think that the church in Norway has really imbibed this and so we have you know this, you have heard about this, right? That, okay, the Bible is uh, infallible uh, in all it touches on as, yeah. on all the in all theological it to teach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in all it intends to teach but also in only in the theological questions right. so it might be an error mm, no. when it comes to you know practical issues yeah. like for instance mm-hmm. uh, when was Quirinius you know the governor of Syria for instance sure. mm-hmm. so that's not important because it doesn't change our theology in any way right. so the Bible could be in error there and I, I, I know conservative Christians who would affirm this. Mm-hmm. Be, uh, as I say conservative yeah. because, you know, I wouldn't affirm mm-hmm. this. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I, I don't know how to draw the line, you know, between, yeah. you know, the practical stuff and the theological stuff and so mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't find that the Bible is a treatise on theology. It's just like telling us what happened and, and yeah. how, to, how to yeah live in community with each other and, and, and stuff. There is a little bit of theology, but I think it's based, it, this is not its main focus. Right, right. So, it wasn't written... Like a systematic theology no, textbook. No, not at all. These were yeah. people writing. Otherwise, we wouldn't need those, right? Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. These were people writing letters and poems and yeah. songs and history yeah. books. Yeah. Like they weren't thinking, yeah. like, oh, I better define the incarnation here. Like, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so how do you draw the line? You say yeah. that okay, it's infallible. It's uh, it cannot be an error. But okay, when it's talking about you know the this, hands and feet of God yeah. or the face of God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the feathers okay. of God, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, but when you t- when they talk about you know things in history, mm-hmm. practical things, then it might be an error. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, okay. Well, so, so here's what, here's what mm. we'll say, because definitely conservatives would <laughs> shake hearing you say that. So <laughs> yeah. we'll clarify. There is a historic, um, the, the historic view of inerrancy and infallibility mm. yeah. has always left room for like slight discrepancies here or there. Mm. So was this certain King 22 or 20 years old? Yeah. Like it yes. says in Chronicles, he was 20 or it says in <clears throat> Samuel, he was 22 or I think it's Kings. It depends 22. on how you count as well, right? right. Because yeah. Yeah. The different systems count, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so, well, yeah. so you yeah. can affirm mm. inerrancy and mm. infallibility while still leaving room for like slight discrepancies. That mm. is a conservative position. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. Clear, so inerrancy is sort of the highest Highest view yeah. of the correctness and authority of scripture. And, mm. yeah. and you go read the Chicago statement if you want to. And, mm. and Norm Geisler is kind of the bulldog for inerrancy, mm. God yeah. rest his soul. But um, without, without reproducing the Chicago statement, right. inerrancy is something like the Bible is true and everything that it teaches and everything that it touches. It is yes. without error in the original manuscripts, which we, yes. in the, the, they call them the mm. autographs, who, the, mm. like the thing that Paul sat down and wrote. Mm. Yeah. We don't have that, obviously. Mm. Um, but that would be. Perfect, plenary inspired, mm. uh, without without error, 
mm. in in any sense. That's right. But that mm. doesn't mean that everything that you read is wooden, or that there's mm. no there's no room for. Uh, I mean, of course, I'm silly. We have to explain it, but of course, there's room for flourish and mm. art yeah. and poetry. So mm. and expressions, when, and expressions, like figures of speech. So yeah. when David or Solomon talks about the hands and feet or face or feathers or wings of God, right. they're not telling, they're not like giving you a physical description of God. They're helping us to understand mm. something that otherwise is ineffable. Mm. Um, but then a lesser, so that's the inerrancy standard, full mm. inerrancy. Mm. There's a lesser view, which is infallibility, which became popular, um, later sort of late 20th century and sort of around fuller seminary which is mm. still considered one of the conservative seminaries but mm. they've uh, uh, but yeah so that, <laughs> so <laughs> infallibility is a standard that says something like the bible is is ha- contains no error in everything it teaches mm. but not in everything that it touches which mm-hmm. is what marius was was explaining so something mm. like Maybe they're historical details. Maybe whether one angel or three angels, mm. or when was uh, Corinius the governor, the whatever, um, uh, or that, and that lens is how we interpret certain things. So when did Cyrus happen? So what, and then so then when was when was uh, Daniel written, etc. Mm. Um, so it's a view that's still it's interesting because uh, you made this point about you. It's like it's still sort of on the uh, on the spectrum is on the conservative mm. side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but for many folks, including myself, it's like that's a step too far. Yeah. It's like, well, where where do we draw the line and how do you know? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we become the judge ourselves yes, and it opens do. up the door for – it opens up the um, opportunity for just if there's a thing I don't like, mm-hmm. we can do the thing you said. I can mm-hmm. reject it for reasons of the heart and then mm-hmm. backfill that with some exactly. with yes. some interesting and abstruse reasoning mm-hmm. that uh, you know it can justify it to me and I can, I can have that position and live a happy mm-hmm. life. But I think uh, – I think theologically and philosophically, I think that door is closed. I think it's mm. it's inerrancy, or God isn't who He said He is. Yeah. And yeah. maybe I'm wrong about that. So we at Word First so. would affirm inerrancy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yes, we would. And now that we spent four mm. minutes on that, you were mm. saying. <laughs> uh, no, I, we were talking about the Norwegian Church, and I yeah. think this yeah. this this view is one of the most conservative views you'll find yeah. in Norway. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the. Um, the second you know, the second tier view. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, infallibility. Yes, the one that you yeah. described earlier. Um, and so it makes it really hard, I think, to be a, a proper conservative Christian in Norway because you you, are, you always have these. Because when you open this door, you open you open up for you know subjectivity. Yeah. You open up for doubts, and you and you aren't your confidence in the word can't be as high as when you affirm that it's really reliable and yeah. it's and it's in it does not teach error mm-hmm. and it, there there is no error in the original manuscripts of right. course there there may be errors you know in the later you know manuscripts and, Copies, and, yeah, and yeah. yes of course so. but that's a totally different thing that, that of course just yeah. means that we have to do more research perhaps the manuscript i have here, may, maybe even something that i have in my norwegian bible might not be you know exactly the same thing that you have in your English mm-hmm. Bible, and so we have to figure out which which one is the better translation, and yeah. so on. But that's right. a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. So because we we think that in the original manuscript there was no error. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an issue of authority. Yes. So it's like, who are we basing our authority on? I see an unfortunate trend that kind of just like it just it you know convicts me. Mm. This trend of like people 
disparaging almost like mm-hmm. deep study of the Bible mm-hmm. and replacing it with like a deep study of like the other disciplines, science, yeah. mm-hmm. philosophy for the faith. Yes. I think those things are awesome and great. And mm-hmm. I've, I personally, and I know all of us sitting here mm-hmm. have benefited greatly from the work of people specializing in philosophy and science mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. apologetics. Mm-hmm. But there is a, there's a like falling off the other side of the horse yeah. danger that I see mm-hmm. of it's like, well, like you say that like, this is what the Bible says, but I've got this comment, this philosophical commentary. He says mm-hmm. this about the Bible. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I, I would just encourage people who are really passionate about apologetics. Mm-hmm. Like don't disparage or forsake a deep study of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like for as many philosophy books as you read, mm. read Bible study books, read your mm. commentaries, figure mm. out the Greek, like learn <laughs> you know, the, the context, like learn, mm. like pour deeply over the Bible. Like yeah. don't replace that mm. with, you know, these other things. Like I mm. definitely would prioritize study of the Bible first and what God is trying to teach mm. you and then just supplement that mm. with the other things. But it mm. kind of seems like it's the opposite. It's like, mm. no, yeah, I read this isn't Bill Craig's fault, but I read mm-hmm. Bill Craig and mm-hmm. the, the philosophical commentaries and the, mm-hmm. I now read the Bible too. I get to the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. no, it should be the other way around. No, I mm-hmm. read my Bible and then mm-hmm. here's a book I'm reading for fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think you're right. It's an authority mm-hmm. issue. Like it's. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, my broader point is that I, th- if, if you take this, uh, if you take this route, then the, the people in the church listening to sermons, for instance, knowing or, sensing you know that this is this is you know the basic view of the bible and i think also the pastors who have this view of the bible they can't really teach god's word properly and you Mm -hmm. can't receive god's word properly Mm -hmm. Uh, i i think um even so even people who go to church then who who profess to be christians will adopt this you know personalized christian uh, personalized, personalized Christian life and these right. personalized Christian doctrines. And so there is really no way that the Bible can convict you and it's no real way that it, it can be your guide because you draw the line between what is true and false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think you can't, you, you can't really, you, you can avoid it by accident, you know, taking this view, you know, the, mm-hmm. the um, uh, infallibility view. Mm-hmm. But you logically you know the door is open for this mm-hmm. and i think when you open a door logically this is basically because our flesh is is like gravity it's just pulling us towards you know away from god yeah so if you if you open the door for the flesh to do that like leg- legitimately then the the risk that this is the way the flesh is going to take mm. you is much lar- larger than than if the door is just closed. I love that you use the sort of metaphor of the door. That's what's been in my mind since we started this sort of part of the mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. And we ought to guard our hearts with the word of God. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, uh, the I love the door thing because if you're, I'm sorry, I'm just going to share sort of a word picture with you. But imagine that the door is what's keeping you safe from the floodwaters outside. Mm. And you can't open it at all. If mm. you open it a little bit, it's open all the way. Yeah. Right? Or it's like... Uh, have you guys ever seen someone driving down the highway with like a with a mattress on their roof holding it with like <laughs> their arm holding it? And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. If you keep it real, real tight, you might do okay. Mm. But you imagine one crack mm. and and everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have uh, and, uh, and all of this relates to what's what's fashionable now is deconstruction. And I think yeah. I think I, I want to be careful because I think there's a place for questioning 
your presuppositions. I think yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. You you know you're standing on your conceptual map of the world mm-hmm. and like lift up a foot and see what's under there and if mm-hmm. it if it makes sense if it's a good place to stand. Mm-hmm. So I think there's value in that. But we have now a branch of people who call themselves Christians who what the group rewards is doubt. Right. So yeah. the less that you believe in historic uh, historic Christianity, the less authority you give to the word of God the witness of the actual Holy Spirit as compared mm. to my own feelings and narrative, et cetera. Like the, the more doubtful you are and the less authority you give to mm. God and the things of God, then mm-hmm. the, the more elevated your status mm. right. with, within the group as though doubt, like doubt is not good for its own sake. Not for its own sake. Doubt yeah. is good because it helps us get at the truth. Doubt mm. is good because it leads us towards security. Right. Doubt is good mm. because it helps to solidify our worldview so that we can believe better things, make better decisions and live more, uh, live closer to the image of God that we've destroyed Mm. in our sin. So Mm. all that is good, but doubt is not good for its own sake, but we can, Mm. we can end up worshiping, worshiping doubt. Mm -hmm. And now we have groups of people who call themselves Christian use J I know Jacob, you love talking about this. So Mm -hmm. I I don't mean to just like throw the, throw the bait in the water, but um, I'll say something about it. I mean, you will. Um, But uh, you rewarded the the uh, I don't know if I've already said that, but you rewarded for having more doubt, yeah. not mm. coming to answers. Coming to answers that's that's pedantic, that's unspiritual, that's religious. Mm. Right? You're not mm. supposed to have those kind of experience where, experiences where actually your worldview is solidifying. Mm. What your what your um, what pays off is the more the more things you doubt. And I say that, yeah, I say that specifically. I don't just mean like the less, you know, yeah. I mean like the more things you go, ah, that's probably false. And mm. then uh, you get some applause from the group. Yeah. And, mm. and the, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bible is true and everything that it touches and you get mm-hmm. some applause. Right and, yep. I don't know about this resurrection thing. People can't come back from the, ah, mm-hmm. and then you get to a place where there's nothing, there's nothing. I don't know why you would call yourself a Christian. There's nothing yep. different between you and somebody who's completely secular, except mm. that it's kind of like a fan fiction club. Like you may as well mm. be getting together and yeah. reading Harry Potter. <laughs> Because you believe that's just as true as you do any of the scriptural yeah. stuff, mm. but I'm going to order and organize my life around a social group um, that is engaged in fantasy with one another that we know is false for some reason. It's a very strange. Yeah. At once, it's very strange and foreign to me because, uh, praise God, I have um, such a connection to the church. But in another sense, it kind of it kind of makes perfect sense. But like you were mm. saying, our hearts are trying to distract us from the truth. Yeah. Like we're working. We are participating with uh, with the evil one and all of his mm. plans and our own sinful, God-hating flesh to be distracted from the truth. Mm. Yeah. Now, when we don't value truth, when truth isn't at the forefront, doubt becomes a virtue. Mm. So the one who doubts the hardest mm-hmm. gets the most points or they yeah. become the biggest doubter or the most mm. virtuous, right? Mm. Um, very uh, relevant example. Mm. Lecrae, actually, on Twitter. Uh, oh, what's he done now? Is it good, mm. or good or a bad thing? No, it's great. Okay, I good. love it. And okay. it's, uh, yeah, I think we could all... I think he's right. I think yeah. he just like just spoke the truth, mm-hmm. not his truth, but God's truth. Okay. Um, but anyways, he made a tweet about deconstruction. He's mm-hmm. like, right deconstruction is kind of exactly what you said. It's going through the word of God. It's questioning your presuppositions mm-hmm. and having yourself corrected and shaped by the word of God. Yeah. So what do I yeah. believe? What was I raised to believe? And what does God say about it? That's mm. good and proper deconstruction. And that's kind mm. of just a biblical principle all throughout mm-hmm. Proverbs and what Paul writes about in, in 2 Timothy 3 and all that stuff. Bad deconstruction is you making yourself the judge over the word of God. Right. Mm. 
is you looking at the word of God and saying like, nope, I could, let's just rip out what it says about sexuality, yeah. about mm. Jesus being the only way to heaven, about yeah. all this stuff. Let's just rip it all out. And literally the difference between, you know, what, what that is and just straight up paganism is yeah. just the title, whatever you mm. call it. Yeah. It's, it's virtually the same. Mm. Um, we got to wrap up, but <laughs> okay, but the yeah. thing is, you wanted to ask me one question that you didn't, you haven't yet, and that was, yeah. uh, I know that because I got an SMS. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you wanted to ask, what was my, what was the greatest obstacle or something like that oh, for yeah, me becoming not, a Christian? I'll, we can't not ask an answer <laughs> yeah. that. We got we. How about? Uh, yeah. We'll cut out 10 minutes of whatever you were talking about before. So that's, that's, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, what was the great anyway, 40 so seconds no, where was talking this episode? We'll replace with. I think it might be a good part two as well. Uh, I know. You always do. Yeah. Mm. What was the great What was yeah. the. Yeah. Part two. You decide. Let's do part you two. Okay. Forgive me. I got to bring the gavel down. But if mm. we don't oh. live in truth, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. nice. life's Thanks a, for bringing that back, right back around. Life's yeah, a wash. So you could just read, you know, Second Thessalonians uh, to. 11, the, pe- the, the, the people who did not receive truth or love truth. Yeah. How is it? How, do, how does it go? We need to find it. Oh, yeah. Why don't we find it? Why we not? Find, let's let's find do it. this. Yes. <laughs> I'll read it in Norwegian for the benefit of your, your yes, audience. Yes. Thank you. And Bailey will translate. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's great. Uh, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false mm-hmm. in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Mm. Okay? So, uh, not believing, unbelief is here you know, defined as people having pleasure in unrighteousness. Yeah. Mm. So, and that's, I think this is my greatest takeaway from the last six years as I've been thinking about, you know, what, what, why don't they believe? Why do I believe? It's a, it's, mm-hmm. It comes down, it's a heart issue. It's, it's the great worldview issue, right? Yeah. The, um, I wanted the truth. And if, when I, immediately, if you really want the truth, I think it will lead you to God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then not. And God will hand you over to it. Like it says, yeah. it says in Romans one and mm. you know, the verse you were talking about. Mm. So, and there's no shortage of answers to that question, mm. right? There's no shortage of, right. of deceptions and lies mm. <sighs> that will satisfy me, but, mm. uh, only for a moment. Yeah. Right. Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming in. Maurice. Yeah. This was a wonderful pleasure. discussion. It was, it was awesome getting your insights about mm. some of these things. And thank you for bringing up awesome conversation topics that we can riff on. We'll, we'll, mm. We're going to have you back. I'm going to speak mm. a word, you know, for, you know, <laughs> declare it that oh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have you okay. back for sure. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in two weeks. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to word first radio. If you like the podcast, please like share and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.